Only messing. I'm not Jaws. Although, I am talking a lot about movies today. Uh, I got a guest on today, okay? I do have friends. Not just my, my son, who's my best friend. <laughs> um, I remember seeing Shawn Michaels uh, on uh, the Broken Skull Ranch. We're talking to Stone Cold Steve Austin. And Shawn Michaels has found God in his later years after becoming a sexy boy. Uh, well, was a sexy boy, went off the rails, then found God. And he built he has a massive ranch in Texas, like hundreds and hundreds of acres, not thousands of acres. And like just his gaff and his little, you know, uh, and he lives there with his family. And um, and he's like, just living this big, you know, thing in the middle of nowhere now. And Stone Cold's like, but well, what about your, you know, your son? Like, where do, where, where do his friends live? And he goes, well, I'm my son's friend. I'm his best friend. <laughs> he's like, well, doesn't he need any other? He don't need anyone else but me. I'm his best friend. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Um, but, um, so I have a best friend, my son, no, uh, Kevin's a very good friend, and, um, I, I like to talk about things that people are mad into, Kevin has a huge obsession for bad movies, and actually chatting to him about this really did kind of spur on a thing that I'd love to do, me and him to do, maybe at some point, you know, basically see what movies you can rent to broadcast live, and just have a little film club, you know, do it somewhere, we watch a film, we talk about it beforehand. We watch the film. We all watch the film together. Maybe we talk over the film. And then afterwards we talk about the film. We chat shit about the film. Because I feel like that's the... I think one of the reasons I didn't watch as many movies over the, the pandemic is because it's, it is a, it is a social thing. Even just watching a shit film. Where you're just chatting over. You're chatting shit over. I talk in this podcast about probably my favorite thing to do in the world is you know being hung over and in a gaff. While everyone's watching like UTV and just chatting shit over, you know, watching Takeshi's Castle with a group of people, I miss it so much. Um, so we talk about that um, in on this pod, uh, as you know. When I have a guest on, I like to talk about something that they're mad obsessed with. He's mad obsessed with bad movies. We had Alison Spittle on as a guest, and she was talking about her obsession with trivia and the 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 trivia game show Pointless. Um, so it's a fun chat, and we're going to get into it in a second. But what 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 <laughs> what have I been up to? Um, I tell you, I as of recording this, I'm a driving test tomorrow, and I did a pre-test there just uh, two days ago, and I had this militant old Russian man, and he was, he was, <laughs> he wasn't exactly my learning style. You see, my learning style. Some people are visual. Some people are like you know they read it. My learning style is you need to applaud everything, everything that I do. Um, that is okay or mediocre, and then lightly, 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 and quietly tell me if there's something that was not good. And he didn't get that. We like he he got in my car and I, he's like, drive around in a circle, and I drove around in a circle, and then I parked, and he goes, not excellent, and I was like, oh, okay, so not so excellent would be five star, not excellent. I'm thinking is four star, three and a half, and I was like, oh, so like very uh, not excellent, so very good, um, and he goes, no. I don't want to say bad, but fucking bad, man. Like, you know, he didn't say fuck. Um, and I was like, okay, okay. And he'd go, okay, now just drive again. So I drove again. Uh, I was coming up to a roundabout. Um, and um, I indicated to go right, even though I was going straight through. Because I do that, and that's wrong. And I've been doing that for a year. And he goes, why are you indicate right? And I was like, oh, because I, was, I, I said, because I wasn't going left. And he goes, no. 
you're so confused, he kept saying. He said, you're so confused, he kept saying to me. Another man, in my, in my car, you should know the decorum is to be, you have to be really nice to me because I'm in my car, you know. I wanted to go full fucking, it's my birthday as well, bro. And you're wrecking my birthday, but I didn't. Anyway, then we're driving down the road. And um, and we're kind of driving around a kind of residential area. So I'm not driving too fast. And I'm what you would call, what I would coin, a kind of an aspirational gear changer in that, like, I'll probably, like, should be in second, but I'll be in third gear. So, you, you know, you the higher the speed, the higher the gear. When you are about to accelerate, you kind of want to, when you're getting up to a speed that you need to, get, you know, change gears, your car will let you know. It'll kind of go, you know, like, but I kind of feel like if there's a tester and he hears that noise, it's going to sound like I don't know how to change gear. So, like, I kind of, like, I'm in second gear. I move up to third gear, and then I kind of rev my way up to feel in that, that comfortable gear, if that makes sense, you know? Um, and he's like, why you keep moving your hands? And I was like, what do you mean? You have the gear, the, the, the steering wheel. The You're so confused, man. You're so confused. 80% of the time, your hands are moving. And I'm like, all right. Just like, well, like I, I went down to the second gear to turn the corner. I'm like, no, just stay. He's like, here's the rule. Don't get out of second until I say. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. You know? So then we're driving around, and uh, we're about to take a left turn. But there's a bicycle lane, so I kind of give a space. I don't park. Because you know what pisses me off when I'm on my bike? Because I'm a cyclist as well as a motorist. Is that when I see uh, a car parked in the cycle lane with the hazards on. Yeah, I see your hazard lights. I see you now causing a hazard for me as I swerve into the main road to now have to go around your car because you need to fucking... You you have to use an ATM right now. You just have to use an ATM. So you parked right there. Do you know what I mean? So I don't like people parking there. So I'm like about to turn left and there's like a cycle lane and like, you know, I stay on the road and not on the cycle lane. And he goes, no. And I was like, what? Go in the cycle lane. And I'm like, what, am I a bike? I'm on my bike now. And he goes, no, it's unbroken. You can go there. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm doing so bad. And then um, and then we were driving along the, the, the coast road. It was in Rohini. We were driving along the kind of coast and looking over to Hoth. Hoth looks like, looks like it's on fire. And I say, because there's a lot of smoke coming from Hoth. And I was like, oh, look, Hoth's on fire. And he goes, just focus. <laughs> just focus. And then, uh, and then the road there is quite bad. It's quite bumpy. And I was like, it seems like, it almost feels like you have a flat tire on these roads. And he fucking lost it. Like, <laughs> he lost it at that. Um, and then um, he was laughing. He was laughing his ass off. And then we kind of bonded, you know. I did correct him on a couple of things. You know, like we did in a roundabout thing. And he was all like, why you indicate? Just go straight through. Indicate on the way out. And I was like, um, look, I'm pretty sure that's what you do. And he just looked at me, and that's all he had to say. He's literally sitting there with a fucking binder full of all these rules and how to drive a car. And I'm also paying him to teach me how to drive this car. And then he was like, when's your test again? And I was like, in two days. And he goes, oh, no. That's all he said. So he was nice, very nice man, Milan. Uh, he was a very nice man. And he's like, do text me. Let me know how you get on. <laughs> so, um, so watch this space. I'll tell you how I get on on the next pod. Um, but it doesn't bode well, and I don't know how I'm gonna I'm gonna look my wife in the eyes if I fail two tests. It's fine. It's fine. My mom was just like, "Don't just don't be nervous." And I'm like, "That's not the. I should be more nervous. That's the point, you know. I've been driving so comfortably on these empty roads for the last year with no one else out there that I've been driving like fucking magic school bus, fucking swerving all over the place, you know. I've not been checking. I've not been 
I've not been a mirror, then indicating, then position, then speed, and then turn. I now have to think of all this. Another thing he did, I did my like my 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 turnabout. You know, you do like the three point kind of turn. Where you have to you park, and then you kind of like drive around, reverse, and turn around on the road. Turnabout, and um, and he goes, um, and he was telling me that I need to like. I thought my turnabout was great. I thought I had a great turnabout. I don't touch the curb, well, not once. So I was doing my turnabout, and he goes, "No, you need to turn the wheel back." So he wanted he wanted me to turn the wheel all the way right. And then turn it back left so that my wheel wasn't all the way right while I reversed to do the turnabout, if that makes sense. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I actually kind of snapped at him. And I was like, if I do it the way I do it, will I fail? And he goes, well, no, but it's not right. And I'm like, then I'm doing it. I'm not going to change. Like, that's a habit. That's a habit. I'm going to speak calmly to you here, Milan. That's a habit now that I can't break. And you're actually stressing me out now because now I'm going to have to worry about that. And that's another thing. Look, you don't. I have a son. So, right? so my RAM is fucking, uh, my, my, my internal RAM is overheating as it is. And I'm on like an uh, Apple computer, which means that I can't add any more RAM, <laughs> right, without t- spending a lot of money, okay? So I need you to know that I am uh, up to here with what else I can learn. So if you can just tell me I'll get away with it, I need you to tell me that right now. He's like, yeah, fine, you know. So um, watch this space. I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know on my social if I pass. Um, so you'll know it's on Monday. So yeah, this Lord will be out. I'll, you'll, you'll probably know before I do <laughs> as weird time shift as that is. Anyway, sure. Look, let's talk about the sponsors of this week's podcast. That is the Dubliner Irish whiskey. Look, let me tell you about the DLD.com. The DLD have got an exquisite collection of whiskeys. And I've been enjoying drinking some summer cocktails. I told you what we do, what we've been doing recently is drinking some ginger beers. We're going on holidays. Do you know what we're packing? We're packing a couple of bottles of Dubliner. We're packing some ginger beer, a shitload of lemons, shitload of limes, a bit of sparkling water as well. It is a lovely summer cocktail. Fuck your pims. That's me saying that, not the Dubliner. Fuck your pims. You do realize that you have one of the finest um, uh, spirits known to man which is whiskey and an Irish whiskey at that and there is a Dublin based one straight out of the heart of the Liberties called the Dubliner why don't you pick up a nice local whiskey and get some nice local sparkling water and make yourself some local um, Japanese highballs that's uh, when you have just sparkling water and whiskey and a load of lemons and limes it's a lovely drink whiskey does not get the status of a lovely summer drink it is roasting out there do treat yourself and if you want to have a nice little after dinner aperitif you know what they used to do back in the 90s they used to have a prawn cocktail and then they drink like a creme de menthe and have an after drink cocktail or an after drink uh, aperitif get yourself their honeycomb liqueur whiskey and have just a little glass of that have a nice little dessert cocktail drink it neat and you can you know i tell you it is a lovely after dinner sweet drink and i responsibly over a long period of time absolutely rinsed through it they've also sent me a nice bottle of their master's reserve which i'm going to tuck into as well it has five stars on it. i don't know where the stars came from um that means excellent by the way five stars um anyway thank you very much to the dubliner for sponsoring this podcast do check them out on the social there's going to be some very interesting things popping up there very soon at dubliner whiskey at, on instagram uh, and check out the dld.com for all of your irish whiskey liberty distillery needs Anyway, my guest on this week's podcast uh, is my very good friend, Kevin McGarren. He is an actor. He's a writer. He's a comedian. Um, he's, a, he's a writer and actor in The Dearden Project. Do check that out. He's also an actor in the uh, upcoming The Bright Side. Um, and apparently a hilarious performance in an otherwise very dramatic role in uh, in Smother, the TV series. And um, 
and he's a good pal. So this is a lovely chat with me and Kevin Garren, pretty much just giving the synopsis of the movie Fatal Deviation. Um, enjoy. Thank you very much. Cool. So cool. I'll tell you what we're doing. Good man. <laughs> what we're doing is, uh, look, I'm a geeky guy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're shaking your head incredulously. I had a niche. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a geeky guy. And I, people have grown accustomed to me on this podcast, mm-hmm. talking at them with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're very about, good at it. Oh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to you were gonna tip your hat, but you're actually just scratching your head. Yeah, see, I also have an itch. <laughs> Inception is a film. We'll itch, about Inception. Inception. <laughs> Inception. Uh, and I don't think of Donald Duck saying Inception. 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 This is solid gold. <laughs> so I like to talk at people. I kind of have the podcast. Kev, that's why I think you'd have a podcast, because I'm sure, look, you you and you and your, uh, can I say your, your wife's name? Sure. Yeah. Shaniqua. <laughs> you and Shaniqua are kindred souls. You have, very, you have a lot in common, um, and she likes a lot of things that you like. But I'm sure there's some things that you like, Find you find yourself kind of talking at her about that she humors. Lately, it's been The Godfather. Yeah, um, I watched the Godfather trilogy, and did you I, watch the three, the remake or the re-edit that he just did of three? Nine. That's what he just did last year. He yeah, re-edited I don't know where it. Can I watch it illegally? You for someone who has sees so many films, I've never seen someone so incapable of illegally accessing. <laughs> no, no, material. I got my illegal shit down. Oh, I, got a, I got a really good app. Got a really good app. You can say it, and we'll bleep it. It is called Google. <laughs> dot and I type, you just type, you type in, in the password free movies <laughs> I go into YouTube and I type in Shrek 3 and it, it's, 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 it's a tiny little screen at the bottom yeah. of the screen yeah. I watch the whole film and you click the only it. thing is it's backwards so if you see any writing I have a clue what's going on Lord Quaffroff who's that Shrek lives in a prof <laughs> what's Shrek backwards quick Oh man, quick, Chris, is it? Do you know that? Off head? David Koresh. David Koresh. <laughs> and what's it? What's track backwards? David Koresh. <laughs> we need to drink green Kool Aid. Um, was that him? No, he was. He was Waco. David Koresh. He wasn't. He, he was, was Waco. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, David Koresh in Waco. If I was at Waco oh, and everyone's like, "Okay, listen, it didn't work out." The fucking FBI are on the way. It didn't work out. <laughs> You're sitting there on your cult throne and you have some. Listen, look, it didn't look, work out. It didn't work out. The <laughs> FBI are on the way. They're going to kill us all. Yeah. We're all going to kill ourselves. Yeah. I'd be like, Waco? More like wacko. <laughs> and everyone would laugh and they'd probably forget. They'd probably they'd, forget. And the place is on fire. Yeah. And they'd just, uh, they did use incendiary rounds. Just become around. Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what did I say? Oh yeah, I'm, t- I'm still talking to you. Yeah, Geek. Godfather. You were saying that you you you've been trying to burn Lady, the ear off your yeah, wife just about. like I I'm, I'm reading the books and I'm watching the films and um, I'm just talk. I just find myself saying in a conversation that's a bit like in Godfather Three, Siobhan. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a person who's my enemy, okay, mm-hmm. and um, I ca- I can't stop focusing on him. And my wife is like, just fucking, just stop. Who gives a shit? You have a personal enemy. Yeah, I got okay. I got five. You do actually have enemies. I've got a list on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> in case you forget. In case I forget. Some of them are like journalists who give me terrible reviews and I'm going, I'm fucking remembering you, buddy. It's just exactly what an outlaw might do if they had had a phone in the West. Yeah. <laughs> and they just and instead of writing the name, it's just like backspace, backspace, backspace. Yeah, it's just John Wayne going, you're going on my list, yeah. my notes app. Hang on. This newfangled keyboard, you have to swipe it. John Wayne would definitely still have the 
old style text where you have to go yeah. six six six. And John five, five, would also have like probably a brown leather like <laughs> yeah, case yeah, yeah, yeah. and all his cards at the back. Yeah, he'd have his tobacco. Yeah, as well. But um, yeah. So Siobhan's like, stop, like stop focusing on this guy. He's he's nothing. Mm. And I said, like, it's a bit like that scene in um, yeah. Go for the Tree where uh, the hothead nephew is up in a helicopter and they're I think they're on the way to the Vatican. Yeah, with uh, Al Pacino, and the hothead nephew is like, hey. Really wish we had Joey Zaza up in this helicopter, throw him out the window, and uh, Al Pacino just shakes his head like you fucking bollocks. Like, yeah, you know, Joey yeah. Zaza's nothing. Yeah. So every time I focus on an enemy that's below me, Sean just goes, Joey Zaza, man. That's great. <laughs> that's great. That's a great. Uh, it's trick. good because they're yeah. going to the fucking Vatican. Yeah. They're doing a multi-million-dollar deal with the biggest landowners on the planet, and he's focusing on this small-time hoodlum. So you think it's good? Well, I think what's good. Three. Godfather 3 Do you know what I've um, re-examined it Yep I think If Godfather 3 Was just A film by itself I think people Would really like it It's let down by Casting his Daughter I don't think She's as bad She's not as bad But she's just A little bit bland Yeah A little bit bland Surrounded by all these Mental men Yeah (laughs) Yeah Yeah. Who are fucking Chewing scenery And exploding Yeah like everyone is trying to, everyone is trying to do that. Like Sonny reacting to seeing his sister, you know, yeah. be with the, with a black eye. Everyone's trying to go for that level of when he, when bite the fist, bites his fist, intensity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, in every scene. And Garcia's class in it. But uh, interestingly enough, the funny thing about Godfather Three is it's about a kingpin who's wants to become legitimate, and uh, he's. He pays for his sins through the life of his daughter. Mm. His enemies try and kill him, but they actually shoot his daughter. And when Coppola released the film, they attacked, all the critics attacked his fucking daughter, man. And can you imagine the pain of your kid being in a movie and everyone's just like, your kid is shit. (laughs) Your kid is absolute dog shit. That would be so rough. It would force you to... You, make like, Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go so th- dark, I'd you take, might actually uh, become Dracula. I'd take a thousand arrows in ca- instead of my child having a paper cut. <laughs> is that what I'm Is another quote, um, the enemy of my enemy is my friend? I think that's, is that from the first one? Yeah. The enemy of, of my enemy is my friend. No, or, or am I thinking it, our like, enemy has yet to reveal himself from our two? Our enemy has yet to oh, that's himself. three. That's three. Isn't it mad that his enemy is yet to reveal himself, yet still showed up with a helicopter? Like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Who is it? <laughs> Who is that guy? Somebody ought to take out. Mm. Um. So how do we get on to God? So I so got onto. The, so I was saying that this podcast mm-hmm. is my platform for kind of, kind of the leftover stuff that Terry doesn't want to hear any more about. Yeah. Uh, that I get to then talk out. And what's amazing about talking into the vacuum of a podcast is you just assume every bit is killing. Everyone is laughing at everything. There are gasps. There are people being like, hmm, every insight that I say. And so I like. I also like people to talk at me, mm-hmm. letting me get my words in as well. <laughs> just, yeah. to set, just to set the table here. Slip in some Tony. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know, when, Tony. you know, you're out on a night and like, you're just one of those buzzes where you're like, yeah, tell me more about that, but also let me speak as well all you're the time. You're talking about cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> when you're surrounded by people who are on that kind of yeah. garbage, um, you know, it does. You're right, the quality is terrible in Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, uh, so I like when people kind of burn the ear off me about things. And so what I like to do on this podcast is once every month mm-hmm. have a guest, a very close personal friend. 
uh, on the pod to talk uh, about something that they're a big mad geek about. And to kind of talk about geek culture as well, because I think you're very similar to me in that you kind of probably maybe jumped on to some influences when you were a teen. You were like, that's a subculture I could get into. I want to get into that. I want to be. I'm, you're an outsider, bro. You're an outsider like me. And, um, wondering, Tony is doing uh, the devil horns. And his arms are crossed. And like his an arms are crossed like he's a vampire going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're twisted. <laughs> like me. So, yeah, bro. So. You, uh, I asked, what is the thing that you probably geek out the most, dine out, feast your geekdom with the most? Uh, what, what, what sends you a rocket or a drill down to your geek hole the fastest? Okay, is uh, is bad movies? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Um, do I feel that strongly about it? Like, um, you asked me this yesterday, so clearly somebody <laughs> pulled out. Uh, no, no one did. <laughs> really, just you know, unorganized. No, I just didn't want to do. I didn't want to do. I well, actually, I looked at my calendar, and what I was supposed to be doing is, um, I, I was, I was supposed to be uh, having a guest, and I actually meant to ask you for a while, mm. but I thought that that was three weeks away. Gotcha. Um, well, like I, I've a, I've a couple of different interests, but I'm not an expert. Like I love westerns, but I'm not an expert yeah. in westerns. I like, you know, uh, kung fu movies, but I'm not an expert. And I thought the thing I know most about is is just terrible films, and it's the thing I I get quite excited about. Mm-hmm. I love bad films. I think they're very special. I'd rather, I'd much rather watch a bad film than a midland film. Yes, totally. Like I would much rather watch. Um, I'd much rather watch The Room any day of the week as opposed to like you know Remains of the Day. I haven't even seen it. I don't even know if it's a good <laughs> film. Yeah, I, I just know I would not be interested in Remains of the Day. But I think. What I love most about bad films is you have no idea what's going to happen. 90% of films that we watch, mm. you know what's going to happen. If you've seen the trailer, you've seen the whole fucking film. Yeah. And the first 15 to 20 minutes when it's set up, you kind of know where it's going to go. You know, the guy's yeah. going to end up with the girl. Yeah. You know, the guy's going to shoot the bad dude. Yeah. You know, uh, they're going to get the crystal to the machine that stops the aliens come mm-hmm. out of the sky. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. I was literally talking about a film like that earlier on today. There's fucking 20 yeah. films like that. Yeah. I'm so sick of fucking every Marvel film now. Uh, or no, any kind of superhero. You get the Space MacGuffin. It's a, space, it's a crystal ball or a crystal cube. They have cubes now. Yeah. There used to be spheres in the 80s. Now there, no, there cubes. was a sphere in Rise of Skywalker. There was a sphere. There's they had. Or, no, actually, no, it was a triangle. It was a pyramid. They're in. running out of fucking ships. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> a dodecahedron <laughs> MacGuffin is the next one. Um, and then you have a load of aliens that don't have any blood uh, <laughs> and they come out of the sky and that yeah. way you can kill them yeah. and they don't Gratuitous. Like, yeah. you don't see fucking blood splatters yeah. everywhere because like, you want kids to watch it it's the same kind I'm of so Disney di- it's a Disney dismemberment thing where you can dismember uh, creatures but if you play the Star Wars game um, Jedi Fallen Order you can't dismember the stormtroopers or did yeah, you can cut. You can yes, cut off. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You can you can cut up a spider, but you can't cut up a, yeah, a man. As they say. A man in a helmet. Yeah. Um, where yeah, so with bad movies made by somebody inept who's See, not th- yeah. good at their job, you have no fucking idea what is going to happen next. And they are fully committed. <laughs> and this is like they and a lot of the time the kind of the kind of consistent thing is this is usually someone an auteur they th- or at least view themselves, they view as, an themselves as an auteur yeah. and they think this is I am fully committed I'm serious about this yeah. which is what it's like goes because that could go through the kind of the Disney machine and come out like something like you're saying but going through this person's prism 
It just comes in with something completely unpredictable. Yeah, they don't have anyone beside them saying you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. You should, you should, <laughs> you should read this book and yeah. then rewrite the script. Um, yeah, there's a lovely draft one feel. So, yeah, I just I find that very exciting. Like I used to live with um, a friend of mine, Porrick Connerty, who's a film director, mm-hmm. and he had a huge VHS collection. It was kind of our hobby. Like we were both kind of unemployed. So our hobby was going into charity shops and buying old VHS. Best years. Best years of my life, man. And we also had a wall of VHS. We had roughly maybe between 700 and 800 videos. That's such a thing to move. Oh, yeah. I don't know where. I think he's kept them at home somewhere. But uh, we just had a whole wall of videos. Like we didn't really have the internet for a lot of those years. Um, Telly was shit enough. Mm. And we would just dig out like robot jocks yeah. or ro- is a robo jocks <laughs> if you've enjoyed um, Pacific Rim and you want to see something stupider <laughs> check out robot jocks or I remember there was one um, when Team America World Police came out Porrick was like oh man that's totally inspired by this movie can't remember the name of it do you remember the mayor from Spin City yeah he was in this fucking movie where they were like an elite worldwide police force and they would have flying motorcycles like motorcycles were like these crappy little wings like Buzz Lightyear wings would come out the side and it would just uh, (laughs) like from the center yeah Yeah. Um, and he would wear these really really tight silver jumpsuits where you could see his balls and ass will I try to find it yeah (laughs) type in Barry Bostwick I think is your man because he's holy hell that's good it's a good catch man I think because he's in Rocky Horror um yeah, that's right. He's in Rocky Horror. Yeah, uh, I totally Robo. Did. No, no, that's not Robo. Oh, sorry. So it's it's like um, flying motorcycle. Barry Boswick, I get would bring it up. Okay, flying motorcycle. Megaforce. Megaforce. <laughs> Fucking Megaforce, man. Yeah, 1982 action film directed by former stuntman Hal Needham. So that's all you need to know, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there never the, the the tagline is there has never been a superhero like Ace Hunter. Ace Hunter is his name. But yeah, yeah, yeah. the movie's called Megaforce. Yeah, could have been called Ace Hunter. No, Megaforce is great. No, it's so great. Megaforce is definitely an inspiration for um, Team America. Team World America Police. World Police. Yeah, you can see the flying motorcycles now. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. There's just so many. But a huge part of it is it's the like I I take a lot of comfort in, in watching a bad movie and I and I, I seek them out. I was kind of hoping that like the Snyder cut was going to be really bad so that people could kind of talk about it and so it could be a know. schneerer cut. <laughs> have a good schneer. A good schneer. Yeah. <laughs> Schneider cut. Uh, but also it's the social aspect of it. And I think I've definitely been watching much less bad films Since on my own. It'd be exactly it's because bad it's films are much more enjoyable yeah. with at least one other person. A hundred percent. Like uh, bad films are just. Or just leaving, you know, like when you're kind of hungover from the day, you stay in the gaff and you, you stay in the couch and the next morning you're like watching like UTV and it's UTV's just on yeah. and you spend like four hours just talking over everything, slagging yeah. everything. That's the, the best. There's, there's, <laughs> that's my point is that's the best. That's the best. There's a great <laughs> film and it's um, it's got all the elements. It's got, it's an American James Bond ripoff. Mm-hmm. It's got um, a... Chiro, how do you say chirogenically? James Warren Savings Bond. Do you say chirogenically or cyro, chirogenically? Chiro, cryogenically. Cryogenically frozen Hitler been brought oh. back to life by new Nazis yeah. and he's got a baboon as a sidekick. That's just... It's got everything, man. It, that's like rolling dice. Like rolling... Like that's a game... That's a gamified movie. Yeah. Being like... And then you have to put the baboon in there somewhere. It's a little bit too many elements. Yeah. 
Um, and I think the like if I go through some of my favorites. So yeah, please. Uh, the room, obviously. The room, I absolutely like. It, it's it, it probably was. I I actually think I watched it every day. I was obsessed for like I'd yeah. say about six months, and like I just just seems to me like you're expert, Mark. <laughs> like you just go so loud for that one bit. Yeah, yeah. You know. It seems to me like you're an expert, Mark. Um, and like, there's, there's other great ones. Like, I love movies, and they're written by people who clearly have never worked in a normal job. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a bit where Tommy Wiseau meets his buddy Mark for a coffee. How was work today? Oh, pretty good. We got a new client at the bank. We'll make a lot of money. What client? I cannot tell you. It's confidential. Oh, come on. Why not? No, I can't. Anyway, how is your sex life? <laughs> And it's yeah. such a fucking turn, like a, you, like you're, you need to wear a neck brace <laughs> for some of the fucking hairpin yeah. turns in this film. Yeah. Um, and I, I saw the Disaster Artist, and while I enjoyed it in the cinema, you cannot capture no the humour of that film. Like it, watching James Franco do a funny voice, I is found it no very self-indulgent. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I because I I thought I. I read the book and I really liked it. And, oh, and did you? I, yeah. yeah. And it's like the audio book, which I say I read, uh, which I did. <laughs> That's what I call reading. Uh, it's actually um, Mark, forget who, Greg Sestero. Yes. He, he is. Who the, seems like a really down to earth guy. And he is. And he seems super like in, uh, like in the book, he seems super down to earth. And he does an amazing impression of Tommy Wiseau. Like, so yeah. every, everything that Tommy says, which is oh, 80% of the book. Nice. He does the, and it's, it's less creepy and weird. And it seems to just come from this. And it kind of goes into the origin or the made-up origin that that Tommy's kind of a bit like a joker that he's kind of told different stories mm. and and then there's a, a chapter where he's trying to piece it Want together. Want to know how I got this accent? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Want to know how I got all this money? <laughs> and I bought like, he bought every he bought every so the room uh, for people who don't know is considered considered probably the this is the worst uh, film ever made. Yeah, I mean they always said for years Plan Nine from Outer Space is the worst film ever made. Mm. I don't enjoy really. Plan Nine from Outer Space. That no, much. I find it a bit it's, boring. It's 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 inept in its filmmaking technique. So you'll see like a cardboard cross fall over, mm. or you'll see a, a, an actor bump into a set wires wall and on the shit. yeah, kind of shit. Flying saucers. What interests me is is the human brain, yeah. <laughs> and like Tommy Wiseau's brain is insane. Yeah, so down to the level of down to the level of speech, where like you know, like there's even a bit where he's like Denny, the guy, the child. Who lives? The child who think, has his own flat. I think he was supposed to be like twelve. He's somewhere between twelve and thirty. Yeah, well, he's def- he's an adult, <laughs> but he's also weird enough that he's all like, "Can I watch you guys?" When he when Tommy and Lisa are want- wanting to get down, he's like, oh, "Can Lisa, I watch you're you?" You're so sexy. <laughs> you're so sexy, Lisa. Um, now there's a bit where he's like, Denny, like he has a pep talk with Denny, puts his arm around him. Thanks for paying my tuition. You're very welcome, Denny. And keep in mind, if you have any problems, talk to me and I will help you. Awesome. Thanks, Johnny. Let's go eat, huh? Come on, let's go. (laughs) You're very welcome, Denny. But keep in mind that you can always come to me and I will. (laughs) It's always just like these weird inflections. Yeah, it's a little bit like Christopher Walken. Yeah, it is, yeah. But it's just like that's that the that's the that's the extra layer. The Tommy was always just the. I mean, the the dialogue for me is just the extra layer of unpredictability because even down to the cadence, that's not how people speak. Yeah. And I and I and I adore. It. But yeah, it is considered to be probably the and 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 has a cult following as a, yeah. as a result. 
as as we said earlier, it's it's best enjoyed. It's like sex. Mm-hmm. It's okay by yourself, mm-hmm. but it's great crack because like twenty people there. <laughs> Throwing spoons, <laughs> which they do. There's an obsession Doing with strange the, accents. Um, uh, yeah, and I highly recommend the Disaster Artist uh, uh, audio audio book. So, you got the room. Yeah, you got um, <clears throat> fatal deviation. Oh my god, you you are you seem to be the the actual like you are keeping it alive. You do realize that, like uh, uh, on social media, you are you are the champion of this bad movie. I love it. And, I love it so much. Um, can I'm, you tell us? I can, can you, I can talk about Fatal Deviation for please. an hour. So Fatal Deviation, it is a Ireland's first kung fu movie. Yeah, it was made in Trim in and 1997. I, and I love that. That's how it was. This is the first. <laughs> this is the first. This of, is of the, man. Yeah, of <laughs> a franchise. Kung Fu Paddy. Yeah. Um. So it's it was made by a twenty. God, get this right. Twenty twenty one twenty two year old farmer called Jimmy Bennett from Trim. Uh, legend has it now I don't know how much truth is to this legend has it is he wanted to work in uh, Hong Kong and they asked him for a showreel and he made a movie Mm. Uh, went above and beyond so he's a 21 22 year old farmer from Trim who wrote and directed a kung fu movie set in Trim Um, it is uh, it borrows heavily from a lot of like Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Yeah. He's obviously a big Van Damme fan. Um, does a lot of splits. Does a lot of, yeah, a lot of splits on logs. That yeah. Kind of thing. Um, or like fighting at dusk at the top of a hill. Yeah. Miles away from the camera. Yeah. Um, and there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of tropes from American action movies that he just lifts. Uh, all the actors, apart from one, are all locals. Mm-hmm. So the main bad guy was a local solicitor who I've, I have his autobiography. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of the bad dudes are just sort of lads he knew from the town. Um, but the star, I suppose, the biggest name in the movie yep. was Sir Mikey Graham, Mikey Graham from Boys On, which is just the giant cherry on top of this beautiful fucking cake. Like uh, he, Mikey as well. Mikey's an interesting figure as well because, from my understanding of the formation of Boys On, Mikey was the voice. Mikey was the star. And and Ronan, well, Ronan and Stephen were the face, and then they obviously got the two bad boys. But my, so Mikey was Keith's bad boy. Mm. Shane was very bad. Shane was very bad. There's been a lot of fucking shy at the at the EMAs about us breaking up. But anyway, we're talking about Mikey Graham. So I'm thinking, I'm just thinking of the career trajectory of Mikey. Can we Graham. put a pin in um, Shane just to come back to him? Yeah, we'll put a pin in that because I do want to come back. I know oh, they've heard me talk about this. <laughs> I literally talk about it all the time. Well, uh, okay, just a sidebar on Shane. What I find so funny about Shane and most boy bands is like when you're in a boy band, you're basically selling um, CDs to like you know pre pubescent girls yeah so you're wearing like dungarees with no shirt with like one strap revealing a nipple yeah and you're basically making the softest like shite of music (laughs) yeah but uh you also get a bit of fame you get a bit of money you start hanging out and you probably he probably started listening to nirvana at the time yeah maybe at the (laughs) time (laughs) probably listening to fucking run dmc or too late like yeah (laughs) kurtz I Matt, wanted to be in there, van after I this. I can't wait to see these guys live <laughs> in Cork. Um, so then they get they get like insecure about mm. being in a softest shite band, and they want to come out as hard. So then they yeah. go on a chat show, and they're like, 
hey, fuck you, Ryan Tuberty. Yeah. We're actually quite hard. And there's yeah. nothing softer than a soft lad trying to be hard. Like No, I mean, I think th- I think they kind of, I think new kids on the block, because that, a few of them Shane, were... Shane could probably, Shane could kick the shit out oh, of me. Oh, kick the shit. I yeah. mean, <laughs> Stephen, God rest him, could have kicked the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but Mikey, so I just, on the career trajectory of Mikey Graham, so this is what, 97, 98 mm. is, is Fatal Deviation. 97, yeah, yeah. You know, so Boyzone kind of coming up to their peak mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe their peak past their peak. Um, I don't know. Don't know. Is there, can we get a graph of get a graph on Mikey of, Graham, of Boyzone? Boyzone albums, discography. Um, so they were, they were doing, they were doing good. <laughs> like they were in, like even, yeah. the, even in the credits, the opening. It was credits. just before their kind of they had when they had the the soundtrack in the Bean movie. It was just before then. Mr. Bean. Remember they had like I got a picture of you in my, my Bean. My Bean. <laughs> um, so they were doing, they were doing pretty good. And yeah. in the credits, in the opening credits of Fatal Deviation, it says uh, lists all the people in it, and then it says and from the rock group Boyzone, <laughs> Mikey Graham. It's like almost like you, you heard about Boyzone, yeah, but you yeah, don't. Yeah, you don't Just know what they Gives a credit. It's a rock. Don't put it in boy band, put it in rock group. <laughs> rock group. Who's your favourite rock group? Me and Shane are going to leave and start join Nirvana. <laughs> um, so Mikey Graham plays the bad dude's son, mm. um, who's, I suppose, the main, in these kind of movies, the bad dude, you know, you want to defeat the bad dude, but the last fight mm-hmm. is usually the son or you know the, yeah. the main henchman yeah the um, mind you always fight the mind the mind last uh, so I love I love Fatal Deviation so much I love it because I think this, the, the secret to a good bad movie I've noticed um, is when somebody not from America tries to make a film like an American yeah and I fucking love that mm-hmm. it's like um, you know it's like see a Japanese rockabilly band you know yeah um, so like if you take like Troll 2 I think he was Italian mm-hmm. so that's Italian making an American movie uh, the Canon movies they mm-hmm. were all they were two Israeli dudes yeah. trying to make his uh, so uh, Jimmy Bennett Irish lad from yeah. Trim yeah. trying to make an American action movie uh, what was the other one Tommy Wiseau wherever the fuck he's from yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just something wrong it's just not being from that country mm-hmm. And and getting a little bit like Tommy was all thinking that everyone plays American football and eats hot dogs. Yeah, uh, like wears tuxedos <laughs> days before a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, pictures before the wedding, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For the pictures, we're gonna take pictures before the wedding. Oh, like your your baby face when he shaves his beard. <laughs> you call baby face. Uh, cheap, cheap, cheap. cheap, cheap. Um, <laughs> so know chicken is. like the, one of the first scenes in Fatal Deviation is uh, Jimmy Bennett. He's coming back from a reform school mm-hmm. for gifted fighting boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, his dad's dead yeah. from Kung Fu. Big trope. Uh, big, big old trope. So he's coming back to his hometown and he announces in the the first five seconds of the film exactly what's going on. He <laughs> Actually, just play the, the first fucking five seconds of okay. Fatal Deviation on YouTube. No music to start. We open on a window. This has been my home for 10 years. Every day I train to be as good a martial artist as my father. I am a man now, and it's time I went home. I need to discover who I am, what it is I should do, and what happened to my father. (laughs) That's the setup. So, like, you know, it was like somebody said, so when you're creating a character, you need to show the audience, like, who he is, what is is his needs and what is his wants. And he just describes it. I need to find out who I am, 
<laughs> uh, connect with my home and find out who it was who killed my who father. Who killed my father. And then it c- kicks into a very, very long scene. So yeah. one of the early scenes is um, he goes, you know, there's usually a scene like in Death Wish mm-hmm. where um, you're in a supermarket or something and there's some hoodlums mm-hmm. uh, played, like you said, by a young Jeff Goldblum or somebody in a yeah. leather jacket yeah. um, or Christian Slater or somebody. And they're hoodlums. They're American bad fuckers. They got leather jackets. They got a tattoo of a snake crawling mm-hmm. up their neck. They're not going to get a job in a no cafe. Way. No way. Uh, rings. Um, they've got like bad bastard written on their t-shirt. Yeah, usually quite stylish as well. Usually quite cool. Usually yeah. quite, you know, yeah. maybe something out of like uh, Dark Knight Rises kind of weird punks. Yeah, they're punks. Yeah, usually. yeah, you can get scary punks and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, or metalheads, uh, which in my experience, metalheads are the nicest people you ever sad. meet. Yeah. 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 Um, so usually, yeah, you'll have that those lads and they'll be hassling somebody and mm-hmm. then the Van Damme character will come in and kick some ass yeah. and lay them out. So he just does that, but it takes place in a Lundus in Trim yeah. and the two hoodlums in question... Oh, they're so old. One of them is, <laughs> one of them is like a lad in his early 20s in an Umbro shirt <laughs> and his his mate is like easily 37. He's like, picture like, the cast <laughs> of Bachelor's Walk. <laughs> Getting sparked out with a roundhouse <laughs> and and falling into what? Yeah, into a, a gigantic tower of um, paper towels. Paper towels <laughs> that are stacked in the middle of an aisle. In the middle of the aisle. It's like how the fuck? Like, can you think of in 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 a place where there's so many um, trolleys whizzing mm-hmm. by? Uh, why would you stack towel, uh, towels in the middle of the fucking aisle? And yeah, and they're on the side. And like, but like, it could be there. It was probably one of the things being like the shopkeeper. Yes, you can shoot here, but don't make a big mess. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't <laughs> make a big mess. Can we knock over that bug roll? <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah. Can we knock over the softest, most bounciest <laughs> yeah. thing you have in the yeah. store? But it does give, I mean, it's also that kind of the vision of like seeing all of the things fall. It's like that's the thing he's trying to recreate. Mm. It's like seeing a kind of a cascade Cause it, Yeah, because in American movies, it's usually cans of corn. Yeah, and they're on a display, and there's yeah. like fucking four hundred cans of corn yeah. in a pyramid. <laughs> yeah. But that's a pain in the ass. There is lovely outtakes where like they um, they knock over a few vegetables, and the, the actors are very apologetic as they're putting them back <laughs> up. It's lovely. Um, so there's lovely scenes like that that are are like from American movies, and just because it's you take something out of New York mm. or out of L.A. in the '80s and you put it in trim. In the nineties, what's it's suddenly very very funny? Like, do you 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 obviously were you, you were obsessed with America growing up? You I know, loved you've, America. You've told me stories. I had an American flag. You took a pizza box from a chipper because I did, it was pizza. I was I wanted to live like the turtles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember we got we ordered pizza. Remember like the novelty of ordering pizza? And my brother was like, "No, I don't want you to cut it up. I want to eat it whole, like the turtles." <laughs> and I'm like, "They eat in slices. They totally eat in slices." And he was adamant, being like, "No, no, no. Mikey eats it whole." And I, <laughs> and so Mikey like, he rolls it up like a big joint. <laughs> <laughs> eats it like a fucking duck. Yeah, <laughs> like an actual turtle, my like. Yeah, 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 in chunks. Um, so, so you were, you were. Um, I was big into America. I wanted to America. be American. I loved, I loved the whole culture. I loved everything. I loved so, cowboys and baseball and. So, dogs. because you were like at the forefront of the interest in America, mm. you probably noticed as well how late things would actually get to Ireland. There was like yeah. the rule was like ten years for a trend to come to Ireland pre-internet. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, my American cousin visited us in like maybe 96 very hard to actually give a year mm. but she gave me a gigapet wow so you know what a gigapet is mm-hmm. it's, a Tamago- it's a tamagotchi mm-hmm. and it was a lost world jurassic park gigapet 
So whenever that movie came out, Worlds Collide. Probably, yeah, it was probably ninety six or seven, maybe ninety seven. I think ninety seven. Lost, Lost World. Um, so they were like. They were like, this shit is going crazy in America. Every fucking kid on the block has a Tamagotchi slash Gigapet. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be huge in Ireland. So I was the first kid in my school with a Tamagotchi. Was I the coolest kid in school? No. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, what is that, Kevin? I'm like, oh, it's this thing where it's like, it's a pet and you have to feed it. And if you don't feed it, you die. And they're like, you're a moron. That it sounds shit. That sounds so fucking dumb. Take your name down. <laughs> Write it in your phone as one of your enemies. And uh, yeah, like a year later, Tamagotchi's arrived in Ireland and yeah. every fucking dickhead had a Tamagotchi. And you were probably over by then. Yeah, well, I mean, I was I was told it was the stupidest thing in the world. So Yeah, mine just kept dying. I kept having to have a little bit of card so I could just like erase it. You know, you stick the thing in the battery oh, again yeah. and erase it. Yeah, so it was yeah, always yeah. like... You just abort your fucking yeah. Tamagotchi every fucking two days. That was my experience of parenting early on. Now I look at my son, I'm like, why, where's the fucking... <laughs> where's the reset button? <laughs> where's the little bit? Um, um, so... So, yeah, so um, the point of, sorry, the point I was uh, yeah. getting at just for that was uh, this is 98, which means that the references are years before that. Like, can you compare yeah. 98 to what was happening in America in 98? I mean, you got like... Is that Armageddon? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, is that, is that what's happening in kind of blockbusters at that time? Uh, you know, like Independence Day, maybe? Independence Day, that was maybe 96, I think. Mm. But 99, like the year after is like Matrix. all the films, like The Matrix, Fight Club, you know, and all and all these things. And this Game is Changers. Still, Game Changers. I'm, and actually, that's the next book, that 99 best year of film. There's a great book been recommended to me. I'll check it out. Episode one, Star um, Wars. Episode one. So this is that's what's so. And this is you can't compare the Hollywood blockbuster. But the point I'm getting at is the references themselves are ten years old. They're dated. They're tropes oh, from t- movies of that time. Tropes and also dialogue. Like there's there's certain lines that sound fine coming out of an American's mouth. Mm. You put it in a Paddy's mouth and it just sounds fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like there's a bit. There's a, one of my favorite fucking scenes in the movie is uh, Jimmy Bennett, the hero has just bet up two henchmen um, in a lovely scene where the the, f- the female um, love interest, mm. she's walking from the shops, a car pulls up and two henchmen get out mm-hmm. and one of them whips out a pair of, uh, or a, a bouquet of flowers like it's a sword. Like he just whips it out. Yeah. And uh, he <laughs> On goes, sheets. He's like, these are from Mikey, as in Mikey Grimm. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, he wants to go on a date with you. And she says, tell him I'm washing my hair. Ah, now, come on a second here now. You don't want to be disrespecting Mikey. And then uh, you hear... Who the fuck are you? I don't think the girl needs help across the road. Why don't you Boy Scouts go and play in the woods? You little... Why don't you Boy Scouts go Go play play in in the the woods? woods. Uh, So another, yeah, probably would sound fine in in an American's mouth. Or even a Belgian's mouth. Uh, and one of the next scenes you've got the head honcho bad dude and he's arranging dried flowers yeah. in his study and uh, one of the bad dudes his henchmen arrive up with a black eye and so he's arranging flowers he's arranging flowers he, 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 he turns to the face the camera right down the lens and goes what the fuck is this <laughs> beat up my men week who did this Bennett <laughs> Bennett end of scene what the fuck is this beat up my men week who did this Bennett. Bennett? Yeah. And in the outtakes, it shows how many times they had to do that. Because it's a Frankenstein of cuts. Mm. The first <laughs> the first line yeah. is, what the fuck is this? 
Uh, different angle. Beat up my men weak. Who did this? Cut to the other guy saying, Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> Cut back to him and he goes, Bennett. And it's it. he really had trouble with the line, what the fuck is this? Beat up my men weak. Which, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know, there's a, like American trope of like, what the fuck is this? Laundry day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? You know, my, my henchman got beat up weak. Like, it doesn't make... You yeah. can see Beat what he's my, yeah. It was can see what he's going for, for especially from uh, like an elderly uh, solicitor. solicitor from <laughs> yeah, and the outtakes is like beat up on my men week, beat up on my men week. Uh, that would infuriate. Infu- like, but you know, sometimes you have that, and you're like, I cannot get this at all. I cannot understand. I can't. So yeah, I mean, it's so far so Jean Claude Van Damme. Um, yeah. they, he batters this lad, and what I love about the bad dude. Is that you know the way like usually in these movies the henchman lives like in the Hollywood Hills on like a house with stilts. Yeah. Or he's got like a beautiful woman in a jacuzzi with a tiger or something. Yeah. Yeah. And like bowls of cocaine and flash cars and just amazing shit. Um or a dojo or something. Like the bad lad in this um just lives in like a, a, a just a creepy old big house. With like a wooden chair. The interior is like I know this is a bad film. This this is like a bad dude meeting hmm. where um he's he's meeting all his henchmen and he's just got he's just writing with a big pen. Yeah. He's just a shitty little plastic yeah. big fucking pen. <laughs> That's in the drawer with all the wires. <laughs> and uh Mikey Graham, the senior Mikey Graham is cutting up cocaine with a Dunstores value yeah. club card. Dunstores. Like that's fucking that's just a that's a step below an extra vision card. <laughs> <laughs> well no, as a voice of Duns I can say that that is the prime card and if you have Well it's all on the app now anyway, always better value. Um, um so I just lo- I love it so much, yeah, like this <laughs> he's trying to hire he's trying to hire Jimmy and he's like, I've an idea. Why don't you work for me? And Jimmy goes, Oh, I'd only be stepping on a few toes. And he says, did you not see all the fancy cars outside? Oh, it's yeah. a well-paid job. <laughs> and he has no fancy cars. He's like a Vauxhall Corsa. He's an yeah. old Corolla. Mikey's in a caravan. Mikey's living in a fucking caravan. <laughs> Mikey's in a fucking caravan. Um, you made me look bad. And that's not good. Oh, my God. When we were shooting Hardy Books season three, I think, mm-hmm. I was staying in Chris Tordoff, who also knows the Viper. I was staying in his house for the shoot. And I had one film on my laptop and it was Fatal Deviation. We watched Fatal Deviation every single evening. And between, if we were waiting on ta- if we were waiting on shots, like shot setups, we'd watch a bit of, and so much, so much of the uh, script, the Fatal Deviation, weaseled its way into Hardy Bucks, including, you made me look bad and that's not good. Oh, brilliant. Um, fucking loved it so much. So, you know, the film ends with a giant Kung Fu tournament He's trained by a monk with tobacco stains in his mustache. Oh, the dirtiest, dirtiest dirty, beard. He's a dirty old monk. The, the, the ad must have been any beard in trim. Yeah. <laughs> Will do. He does, look, he does look like the town uh, lad who hangs outside the bookies. Yeah, he's a sort of lad who'd be like... Smokes woodbines. He could either say, you know, I can teach you Kung Fu or do you know what sex is? <laughs> you know, could go either way. Yeah. But follow me down here. Yeah, he's got follow me damn into the woods. pornography in his caravan. Yeah. Um, so he gets trained by the monk who trained his dad. He um, There's a big kung fu tournament. That goes on for fucking... Yeah. How many scraps is there? 20 scraps? There's like 20 fights. Yeah. There's like 20 fights. And can I... How did you get on in Hong Kong, Seagull? That's a lovely Oh, Seagull, scene. Yeah, yeah. Seagull comes back from Hong Kong. 
Siegel. Siegel's a big, big guy. He's a big dude. So it's clear that everyone in his sort of circle of martial arts people get a chance to fight at yeah. the end of the movie, which is why it goes on so long. But I, I would, I actually think that the choreography in the fights looks good. Yeah, that's and I the, actually the think action is not bad. The, the action, good. and even like we'll get onto it later, like some of the, the the chase scene and stuff. I actually think that if he used this, what it was meant for as a reel. He did a pretty good fucking he did, reel. He did a pretty good reel. Like, if you just cut out all the dialogue. Yeah. It's, it's actually a pretty good reel. There's a lovely... Like, l- if you cut out the whole kind of, like, the reason why. There's a, there's, <laughs> there's a lovely bit. Like, you know, in these movies, these, like, action movies where... Um, and James Bond as well. You'll kill somebody, and then the method of their death informs your quip mm-hmm. at the end. Jimmy trips somebody up on top of... In, they're in a quarry. They're fighting in a fucking quarry. Jimmy trips somebody and they sort of slide down the quarry going, ah, mm. and Jimmy just goes, enjoy the slide. Oh, <laughs> which is not a thing people say. It's not a It's saying. a play on enjoy the ride. Yeah, I was going to say, it's is like, it? have a nice trip. Like if you trip somebody up, you say, have a nice trip. Yeah, but that's like what you do in this, in like, <laughs> school. In the school. In yeah. school. See you next fall. <laughs> but like, there's something really funny about him just going, enjoy the slide. Enjoy the slide. <laughs> Like he's working in Salt Hill. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it gets down to the end and it's kind of this big chase. And does he at one point stand on a motorbike going full pelt with two handguns and yeah, fire I, I'm while pretty, standing? I'm pretty sure that's that's a that's a Van Damme move. Mm. I can't remember what movie, but yeah, he's definitely there's a Van Damme movie where he's got long hair and he's got a denim shirt. <laughs> yeah, and then the the final battle with the boss. So he's killed Mikey Graham, he's killed all the bad dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a scene where a naked man wearing a cowboy hat and a pair of speedos in a com- dump comes out of <laughs> comes out of a caravan in a dump, and he goes to a bath that's outside underneath a fire. Yeah, so he's got a fire. He's got a bath, metal bath, filled with water. It's steaming. He's got mm. a hot bath. He gets into it wearing a cowboy hat, strips down Billy Bollocks. Yeah, and um, then the shooting starts. He jumps up, scared, and runs off into the woods. He was a financier of the film and asked to have that scene in oh it. Oh my it God. Is so out of the fucking blue. It makes no sense. But again, it's a giant metal gonna, spider of, uh, of Irish <laughs> filmmaking. You're not going to get that in a Marvel film. Like, you know. <laughs> well, no, to be fair. I, I, what, what, what also I should say with this, with this film, it is, it's watchable. It is still it's so fucking watchable. So watchable. It and the room. I, I would put it up with the room. This this is a watchable film that has so much that does not fit and shouldn't work and mm-hmm. doesn't work, and that's what makes it a very satisfying yeah. bad film to watch. That in the room. Um, I could wa- and and also so re- so many things you can kind of absorb and Easter eggs that you can get and repeat watching. Yes. Um. Um. I think. I, and you learn a lot from bad movies. Like you, I I would argue that you. Learn more from a bad film than you do from a good film. You can mm-hmm. watch a David Lean film mm-hmm. and you can say, wow, that looks amazing. I don't know why it looks amazing, yeah. but it just looks amazing. But when you see something that just seems wrong yeah. in a bad film, even if it's like framing, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place do it really well. Really well. Where like, sometimes they'll frame a guy's head where his chin is right at the bottom yeah, of the yeah, screen yeah. and there's loads of space yeah. above his fucking head. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah. It's uh, like there's, there's shots in this... There's a lovely shot where he just hands somebody an apple tart. Or she, yeah. the love interest, hands him an apple tart. 
and it's just it cuts into their hands as they exchange this apple tart yeah. and it makes me laugh every <laughs> yeah. fucking time yeah. it's just a it's needless, so literal it's a needless cut in yeah. to an apple tart yeah <laughs> and the final one of the final lines in it is um, the bad dude the solicitor has got his, a, a shotgun to Jimmy's head and he says uh, you kill my son now I'm going to kill you just like I killed your father yeah. Jimmy grabs the gun, smacks him across the head, knocks his old man cap off. Mm-hmm. He falls on the ground very softly. Very softly. Uh, he's an old man. And he says, you kill my father. Now I'm going to kill you just like I killed your son. Boom. Wow. And they, they continue to have a picnic at the side of a motorway. <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. Oh. I encourage you all to get a couple of buddies. It's on YouTube, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you know what I think would be a good tagline for this? Um, Filmed in the same location as Braveheart. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I, watched, I watched a half-finished documentary that was produced for RT and never released because they couldn't get... They wanted to get an interview with Jimmy mm-hmm. and wanted to get an interview with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Wow. They couldn't get either. Jimmy... Couldn't get... <laughs> <laughs> they could only get Mikey. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy is not... Jimmy does like Tommy Wiseau embraced the fact that people liked his bad movie and yeah. now he's like oh it was a comedy I always had the funny bones he also wants to still be the centre of attention and be a film sure. star yeah Jimmy got out of that Jimmy yeah Jimmy is I, I don't I don't want to say he's embarrassed by it but he doesn't like the fact that people are laughing at this mm. movie which I, I understand so he didn't want to be in the doc so in the doc I watched there's interviews with locals and they they all said, well, fucking Braveheart came to town. Mel Gibson gave us all a job. And we were like, that was fucking great, man. It's good pay, uh, free meals. And then we heard there was another film been made. Okay. And we all jumped on board. And it's interesting seeing how the locals discuss the film compared to how people from outside of Ireland discuss it. Because mm. the locals talk about it quite disparagingly. <clears throat> They're like, look, it's your, it, it is what it is. It wasn't a great film and blah, blah, blah. And then they have interviews with like these French film students, and like, it is a masterpiece because uh, you have no idea what is going to happen <laughs> next. Jimmy is a visionary; he yeah. is a genius. Um, and the Americans talk about Jimmy really, really fondly. They're like, this dude has a really good heart. He fucking works hard. He works super hard. He works in this super flick. hard every single time. <laughs> but he, like, Jimmy went to Jimmy went to LA to you know make it in the movie business. Um, so he, he immersed himself in the gyms where all these kind of guys hang out and they have nothing but kind words to say mm-hmm. about him he got into a bit of trouble with Jesse VD where um, they became friends and then something kind of weird happened I think and mm. I don't think there's not sure Fell although there's, there's, fo- there's photos where they're together now but anyway that's neither here or there do you I mean I, I think under the right um, in the right film he could have been a star a uh, star factor he's crazy <laughs> like, like he looks crazy. There's scenes where, like, yeah. he's like in the fight where he's just fucking. He looks like he's on pills, and his yeah. neck is yeah, about to yeah, explode. Yeah. yeah, I think him. If you saw him in like a, a Sam Mendes Bond, and he's insane, and he's oh. jacked up, and he's about to beat up, beat the shit out of Daniel Craig. Yeah, like, I, I just, I just don't think he delivers dialogue very well. But as a fighter, mm. man, is fucking brilliant. Yeah, I think, I think he could have been. I, I think that's what he could have gone for. Neville's leading man. There is rumors. Well, it's not a rumor. He said this, that he plans to make a second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's coming back to trim. Mm-hmm. I've emailed him. I was like, put me in a movie. You can punch me in the face. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I just want to be in FD2. Yeah. 
the order. You will. Um, Kevin, when are you going to start being a curator of films, like hosting something in the Stella, hosting something in the, the Workman's where we can all come and watch a bad film together? When is that? That seems like a, a should have been an inevitability. You know, I feel like now that we can get back in the cinema, that's something you should be doing. Yeah, I don't know. Who do I talk to? Kevin McGarren's Film Club. Um, I'd love that. I love that. Um, but do you talk through it? You, do, do you, I think do you just let the film sit? Do I think you you'd let the film sit and then, you know, you could probably just throw something in if you think of a zinger at the time. And then you talk about the film afterwards with a guest. Me. Okay, that sounds Every good. Every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. I'm up for it. Okay. Let's do it, Tone. Well, we, I suppose, we, what would you have to do? I mean, this is probably an off-mic conversation. You'd probably have to see what films you could actually rent and get access to that we could broadcast. Yeah. We'd, we'd want to do it. Unless we were like Pirate Movie Club. Ooh. And then we just didn't say what it was going to be. Arse. Um Kevin, can I also ask, I don't know if we have time. No, we have no time. <laughs> I was going to ask uh, what kind of geek, uh, what kind of subcultures you were into as a kid. I was going to ask about your art history days of be, or your, your art school days um, and what kind of a twisted joker artist you were in, uh, in college. Oh but we have no time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to come back. Well, you, I'd love to have you back. Um, Kevin, is there anything you'd like to plug? Thank you very much for coming on and talking about giving the synopsis of Fatal Deviation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, man. I mean, fuck is going on? Um, I'm in a film that comes out in August, I think, um, called The Bright Side. Oh, um, yeah. And it's about a young comedian. If uh, Do you say comedian? It's female comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, who gets breast cancer I didn't even need to say female no. Could have said a comedian who gets breast cancer mm-hmm. like, who am I talking about Carl Spain um, <laughs> so it's a comedian who gets breast cancer and I play her uh, brother mm. in it and it's coming to Irish cinemas uh, in August go see that I will Yeah, you're a proper actor I am yeah serious, that's great serious man and uh, when is when we get in season 2 a smother oh also there's uh, another film coming out soon called Redemption of a Rogue it's a Cavan comedy. Oh, that looks great. Yeah, it's a Cavan madcap fucking uh, surreal comedy. Um, so that's coming to Irish and UK cinema soon. Very Redemption exciting. Redemption of a Rogue. And when can at least I see your film, Billy Burns? You can come over to my house and watch it. Okay, Grant. I tried to get it last time when Siobhan slapped the disc out of my hand. Ooh, I'm yeah. so glad you said disc. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin McGahern, thank you very much. I love you dearly. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Love you too. Bye-bye. That was my chat with comedian, actor, writer, Kevin McGarren. Um and thank you very much for listening um, do check out Fatal Deviation if you haven't seen Fatal Deviation um, well we pretty much explained it to you I want to thank as well the sponsor of this week's podcast the Dubliner Irish Whiskey check out the DLD.com uh, and at Dubliner Whiskey um, on all the social if you like this pod and would like to support this pod you can do so over on Patreon.com type in Tony Cantwell in there somewhere search bar some um, and you can find my Patreon where there's an extra podcast every single Friday for free, for giving me the price of a pint a month. It's a weird kind of um, economy there. Um, and uh, and if you want to hear me chat about retro toys, the year 1997, how I was the first child in Ireland to have Pokemon for the Game Boy, you can do so over on the Patreon for the price of a pint. Now my son's up taking the microphone. Are you going to say something? No. Uh, price of a pint a month. Um, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. And I will see you here on the Patreon on Friday um, where I am going to... Uh, where I'm reviewing... Uh, the movie Black Widow. Um, or um, check me out uh, on the regular main feed uh, here next week. All the best. Bye-bye.
Yeah.